Hello, my name is Christopher Monroe, and welcome to the soundtrack to a life. Welcome back to the Soundtrack to a Life. I am Chris. With me is Victoria. Say hi! Hey, Chris. Hey, uh, Soundtrack of a Life podcast. Tell people about yourself before we start, would ya? Oh, man, about myself. I've known Chris for probably the last 14 years, I'd have to say. It's getting up there. Seems about right. Yep, and uh, we met working at a musical dinner theater together, so both of us burnt out on jukebox musical and Jimmy Buffett covers. Probably went out to seek uh, better music and everything. I also happen to be a stand-up comic in Calgary, which is why I feel entitled to go on the music podcast. And I guess I also used to write for a uh, indie music review magazine. So I've heard of most of the bands on your list of stuff. So we had to do a deep cut for this episode. Yeah, which is impressive. It's a <laughs> long-ass list. Yeah. And we are here talking today about Yola Tango's 2006 album, I am not afraid of you, and I will beat your ass. Yes, indeedy. What an aggressive title. Right? <laughs> if alternative rock were a landscape, Yola Tango would be the sky. You don't always pay attention to the sky in a landscape. You're too caught up in the features. The forest or the mountain range, the ship in the middle of the sea, the cabin set back in the meadow, the foreground. The sky is often just sort of there. A part of what you're looking at, sure, but not what draws your focus. It's not the thing that's happening, after all. Yola Tango, too, have never been the thing that's happening. Since their first release in 1986, they've been plugging along, ignoring trends in music, doing their own thing and learning over the course of 32 years and 15 albums to do it very well. They've never received their big cultural moment, and by this point there's every chance they never will, and that's a shame. Because if you stop to pay attention to the sky, it's very big and very beautiful and very, very necessary. And while Yola Tango have never been the thing that's been happening, they've always felt very natural within alternative rock. Whether you're a college rock radio kid growing up with R.E.M. and Sonic Youth in 1986, or a shoegaze fan listening to Ride and Slow Dive in 92, or a lo-fi fan swearing allegiance to Pavement or Sebado in 98, or even some manner of Brooklyn hipster listening to whatever weird indie sound might catch your fancy today, Yola Tango has been there, and has fit into the landscape remarkably well. And that's an impressive feat, given how long they've been going. I Am Not Afraid of You and I Will Beat Your Ass is my favorite Yola Tango album because it was my first. If your first Yola Tango album was another, it might be your favorite, and that's understandable. Their output has been remarkably consistent. If you've never heard one, try one, and it will be your favorite. And if you don't want to do that at this moment, don't worry about it. Yola Tango will wait. But this one is mine, and I genuinely do believe that it's a cut above the others. Their palette is broader here. They're stretching out and doing more experimenting with genres without really committing to any one. And that's really where I want them, musically speaking. It's where they're at their best, when they're ignoring trends and believing utterly in themselves, and in the work that they're doing. And every album they released, either before or after this, has been compared in my mind to this one. You never forget your first. Because this is the one in which they're most successful at ignoring the indie landscape and looking to the sky. So, Victoria, you've never heard I Am Not Afraid of You and I Will Beat Your Ass by Yola Tango before. And now you have. Tell me, what do you think? 
that was a very articulate and beautiful way with the metaphor about the sky to put it into layman's term that they are a wanky jam band. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what's that hatchet song? I was listening to that and I am a Rush fan and about, I didn't look at any of the lengths of the track listings because I was driving. Oh man, and they about get long. three minutes into that song, I was like, this is an 11 minute song. And I checked and it was an 11 minute song. And it was at minute three, I could just call it. I'm like, they haven't even hit any, they haven't even added all the instruments that they got. Like they haven't even justified their music degrees until. No, they are settling <laughs> into a comfortable groove. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> settling into a comfortable groove for sure is definitely explaining what they did. But yeah, no, it was uh, enjoyable. And it is the kind of thing that I like because I do go on long road trips for comedy and stuff like that. And so it's enjoyable to take something like, again, very long form music and just be like, this is good for a while. And uh, the added bonus of when stuff gets extra, and I love to use the word wanky, um, extra wanky and masturbatory. I, I like having almost like a staring contest with the other person in the car. And I've done this with like of Montreal albums or something like that. So when it's just industrial noise by the end, where it's like, <laughs> just waiting for the other person to say something, being like, love this, love this. And then you have that excitement because you're like, they're going to do this for another three minutes. And you can see the person being like, are they going to do it? And you're like, they are going to do it for another three minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, this will end on their schedule. <laughs> <laughs> and then there'll be a beat of silence and some piano will pick up yeah and now we're into a three minute pop song yeah. just in case you were really enjoying the 11 minute kind of hypnotic swirly velvet undergroundy now that feel <laughs> now that's something that i noticed about the album for sure is that they really layer it it was the uh yola tango's no bad ideas album yeah they do that a lot yeah um they come in not feeling any great need to, to hew to a consistent feeling throughout their album. Yeah, no no adhering to one theme or one sound. It's basically, they're like, that sounds good. Now here's another one. Now here's one that, I don't know any of the members of the band. Here's one that Steve wrote. He's proud of it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're pulling it off the crayon pictures off their fridge. I did this one. So, right? But yeah. it all does somehow work for me. I don't know why. This is uh, a lot of the time my chill out music mm -hmm. if I'm reading or with a band that's been around for 30 plus years I will put on their catalog as I'm going to bed <laughs> <laughs> and then I will read for a little bit and I will fall asleep to Yola Tango and I will wake up and Yola Tango is definitely still playing <laughs> <laughs> possibly the same song oh, in some cases that's gonna go into the point of why I picked Yola Tango off of your list was a story similar to yours, but a little bit more fun. I think I told you this when you asked me if I wanted to do this podcast, that I wanted to do Yola Tango, because I went to a music festival once, and I may have partaken in some illicit substances. Seems right. And I went to bed a little bit uh, looped out, and then I woke up at about 3 a.m., and was utterly convinced that Yola Tango was playing a 3 a.m. set on the main stage. And I a, had never heard anything by them, ever in my life. I think I'd only ever seen them on a different festival's poster, and they were not playing. They were not playing that poster, but I convinced everyone in my tent that Yola Tango was definitely doing a 3 a.m. set. At a festival that they had not been invited to. At a festival that they had not been invited to on the main stage. 
And it was like a pretty broad festival. Like I think it was like the Killers and Kendrick Lamar who was on the main stage. So there was no reason for Yola Tango to have the main stage. I could see these guys playing like a three o'clock set, either AM or PM. Yeah, that is a very good, the Yola Tango hour. We're going to take to the stage when nobody's actually in the festival yet. And we're going to turn up the distortion even more. <laughs> Because really, can you turn up the distortion enough? No, that was something that I didn't like about the album was with, uh, I like distortion. You can see on my amp that I have over there, it's got an insanity mode that's the most fun. That's one past metal. That's nice. one past metal. And I, I like distortion and I like any industrial static and noise. And the fact that the track switched between something like uh, Hatchet or the uh, We Are Yola Tango, yeah, which yeah. is a funny, funny title. The history of Yola Tango? Yeah, because it's not, they say Yola Tango instead of Tango, which I guess is like what they always get misintroduced as. Yep. I'm pretty sure that's what the joke was. Yeah, so I like the industrial kind of sound. And then all of a sudden they have flinky pianos and some sort of string instrument. I think it's probably like a violin or a viola or something like that. And I'm like, get out of here. I don't want any of your pianos anywhere near my industrial music. Yeah, they alternate between very distorted and very twee, which makes sense. They're on the same label as uh, Bell and Sebastian. Oh, okay. So clearly Matador is very invested. Pushing for the... Plink, 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 kittens and an etching of a flower. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Matador has um, Bell and Sebastian, these guys, Pavement, Spoon, New Pornographers, Guided by Voices, Mogwai, Modest Mouth, Modest Mouse, <laughs> Sonic Youth, Okay, that's I, we have to stop the fact that I believe you said Modest Mouse the same way that Isaac Brock would say Modest Mouse. Modest because Mouse. Because he has a very pronounced lisp. Okay, first so. of all, did we just form an acapella indie cover band? What? Modest Mouth. Modest Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Da, 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 da. Nothing could conceivably go wrong. We're going to kill it on YouTube exactly once. And then in like four years, people go, oh yeah, those guys that did those acapella Modest Mouse covers. I've always wanted to go on a tour of the lesser known cities food truck festivals. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Now how lesser known are we talking about? Are we talking about actually small towns or are we no, talking no, no, like good sized regional cities I'm that you happen like, not to think about? Not to think about. I want to go to like Winnipeg, St. Louis, Kentucky, yeah, like yeah. places like that. And then I want to be the headliner of their food truck festivals with my acapella band because that's where the acapella bands fit in. It's something for a family-friendly activity where there's, like, no cover to get in, but... That checks out. Yeah. And, like, good-sized regional cities deserve that. They do deserve right. that, They deserve... Sure. I keep meaning to do that for a vacation one year. Go to a regional city? Yeah, like go, but, like, one of the bigger ones. Oh. Like, what is there that's fun to do in Cincinnati? Because I bet the answer is a bunch of stuff. I went to They got like a million plus people. Yeah. That's they probably really have some kind of nightlife. I don't know anything about it. I went to Cleveland. And that's a good one that no one thinks about. But that's got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in it. Mm. And it also has the Christmas Story house. So you can go tour the house from a Christmas story. 
Nice. And that was a real fun trip for me, and I can actually say Cleveland was a fun time. So. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. I, need to find a, I need to find a second thing to do in Minneapolis. Ooh, well, Mall of America. No, I don't. I lived at West Edmonton Mall for <laughs> how many years? A real giant mall does nothing for me. <laughs> Yeah, didn't you write a traumatized book about broken escalators? Yes, 100%. <laughs> oh, I perfect. wrote a book specifically to murder everyone at West Edmonton Mall. <laughs> um, what else do they have in Minneapolis? Because I've been there. Um, well, the first thing is the Prince's House is now a museum. Oh, okay. That's so that's pretty... getting me halfway there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, they have a Six Flags there with a Batman roller coaster. All right, I'll take a Batman roller coaster. Exactly, and you get a hang from it. Like, your legs dangle down, and you're like, I'm bad, because that's how Batman solves crimes. Yeah, yeah. held up by his armpits and flailing his legs around. I bet that he has a Bat roller coaster <laughs> if the plot requires it. <laughs> <laughs> he has Bat everything if the plot requires it. Uh, I feel the Joker would take any of his roller coasters because there's so many abandoned theme park hideouts in Gotham. That's 100%. That was my favorite issue of Batman was from the point of view of the real estate agent <laughs> who buys up abandoned warehouses and roller coasters <laughs> and then sells them for cash <laughs> to the representative of the Joker or Riddler or whatever and then buys them back from the city for a fraction of the price <laughs> after the Riddler goes to prison and his amusement park has been repossessed by the city. Oh, man, there would be, yeah, not fixing up things and just leaving things dilapidated. Yeah. It would be so nice for a city where the main industry is brooding. <laughs> and just, like, him on the phone coming out of a meeting, yes, there'll be a question mark printed on the side really giant. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Oh, man, that's so fun. It's next to the balloon factory, I promise. It's fine. It's fine. fine. Don't worry. It's not like I've never done this before. <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. I'm interested in shit like that. The things that need logically to exist for this world to function. Yeah. But for the main creators are counting on you to not think about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true. That's such a fun... That's, that's such a fun angle to explore. I'm just trying to think of, like, other franchises... Actually, now to completely go away from Yola Tango, but that, uh, I saw the recent Star Wars movie. Yes. And I've never loved Star Wars. It was never my favorite. This new one was my favorite. And people go, well, why did you like the new one so much? And this was in the first history of my entire life that I realized that Star Wars was actually a war. And I know that's a weird thing to say. Yeah, yeah. But when I first watched Star Wars and watching Star Wars for the rest of my life, I'd be like, why do people live in this shitty universe where people shoot at each other 100% of the time? And then I realized that that was like the trenches in 1945. It's like there's other times where they don't always shoot at each other, but that's just that's not, not the time. not what we're watching right now. Yeah, and that was like, it took uh, seven movies for me to be like, it's a war. And it's in the title, it's a war. I get it. <laughs> right? Amongst yeah. stars. I enjoyed the most recent one. I see why fans would not. Mm -hmm. They have been really fed their immense love of Star Wars for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Fed it. Yes, exactly. I, I don't know. There's been too many movies recently where I've just been like, yeah, keep going for it. Like, I, I don't mind stuff just being like, we have the technology to make stuff kind of a visual smorgasbord. We've yeah. made that an acceptable way to make movies. 
So the casino scene, completely fine. The fact that they made a new Jumanji that has nothing to do with old Jumanji, completely fine. I went and saw Ready Player One, and I was like, yeah, do all the visuals and stuff like that. I haven't so. seen Ready Player One. I don't know if I'm going to, but I did see the trailer for, have you seen the trailer for Rampage? Yes. It's the stupidest movie that I will definitely watch twice. <laughs> <laughs> It just came out of nowhere. It was, they didn't advertise for it for anything like that. You want to know what happened? I was walking through Walmart, and I was going in the toy section because I like to buy really terrible puzzles. And I was walking through the toy section, and then they had merchandise for Rampage, but it was retro merchandise, like from Rampage the video game. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, why are they bringing up Rampage? Like, I love that game. Why is that there? And why is it being sold at Walmart right now? And it wasn't until I went to go see Ready Player One that I realized that they were rebooting the Rampage franchise as an action movie starring Dwayne Johnson. And I was oh, like, please, please. Yeah. When he's making a movie this dumb, he's The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's, he's Dwayne Johnson, maybe, when he's doing Fast and the Furious movies and making a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock makes Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so fun because he does it for kids. And any movie, any movie where The Rock checks himself out or there's an entire scene devoted to how muscular and tall he is, is a good movie, in my opinion. And he is both muscular and tall. So <laughs> It's like a running gag. It's like looking for Stan Lee in Marvel movies. Yeah. It's like any time The Rock is like, look at my pecs, you're just like, yeah, you did it! You are muscular. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong, The Rock. You retired as a professional wrestler and then somehow got even more jacked afterward. <laughs> and I don't know how or why, but here we are. Yeah. Absolutely. Yola Tango. That's yes. totally. We just were doing a live demonstration of what Yola Tango does musically, which is just follow our own little path. Whatever is in your head, <laughs> put it out there. Put it out there. Oh, I wanted to say that the single, according, not even the single, because I don't think this band has singles, but the most played track off of this album on Google Play was not my favorite. And I don't know why. Which one, uh, which one is the most played track? Google Play thinks it's this uh, I Feel Like Going Home. Oh, okay. And it's just a really chill, kind of mellow one. Yeah. It's got really kind of not very prominent lyrics where he's just kind of mumbling to himself, Tame Impala style, and you can't really tell what he's saying. And it doesn't have anything that really grips you. It doesn't really have a driving beat or anything like that. Again, that's a falling asleep tune for you for sure. And that was the fourth most played Yellow Tango song huh. on Google Play. And that was just really interesting because there was definitely a couple of songs that I liked a lot more, like The Room Got Heavy, and uh, I liked the beginning one, Past the Hatchet, and Story of Yola Tango is the other one. So. Yeah, it wouldn't occur to me to think that this would be a band that would have, like, this is not radio music. Yeah. And I don't think they're putting any effort into being radio music. Yeah. Like, this is very much the kind of band that I would sit down and listen to 60 minutes of sequenced the way that they recommend you listening to. Yeah. Rather than an individual track. Like, I would never put Yola Tango on a mixtape for somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would probably take it out of the mood or anything like that. I don't know. It's interesting. I'm kind of curious that maybe their viewership, because this is a Google Play, and I know this happens with a few of my friends' bands, is uh, their viewership is so low that if one person listens to it three times, they'll bump up the most popular track order by being, like, one person. Ooh, so, that checks out. Like, it's one really obsessive fan's favorite song. Yeah, that could happen. and then it's Or it got put on someone's mixtape, 
and it's just looping around on some bars playlist somewhere. That checks out. I could definitely... But I don't know. It would have to be a very specific sort of bar. Because they're more popular. I feel that they're more popular than having one person bump up their track listing, but I refuse to believe that... I feel like going home, I I cannot believe that that's everyone's favorite because even the one right after it I should have known better is like a ton more fun so yeah because I'm checking on uh, I'm checking on Spotify I hope we get the I hope we get the train that comes through my apartment and literally comes through my apartment that's a CP rail train that's because we're recording this from right behind the Calgary Tower and Calgary has a train that goes right through the downtown core. Just right in the center of it. <laughs> right in the center of the downtown core. And my apartment's actually right over this big echoey tunnel. See, we're just going to have all of the ambient noise. A bunch of trains. I don't know, maybe some neighbor will get in a fight, domestic dispute or yeah. something. It'll be real good. I'm in favor of having a train go right through the center of um, downtown Calgary. But it should be a passenger train and there should be a station. There is. That's the train station right there. I don't know anyone who has taken the train from Calgary. Me neither. I knew a bunch of people that wanted to get those free tickets for the Canada 150, and they were like, only one hipster per province gets to go on the train for free. Well, then what use are you? Stop putting it on television. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> it was sold out. But they bought all that airtime for the rest of the summer, and then they were like, it's free! Someone look at our website! No, I never take the train anywhere in this country, but when I was in the UK, I would just take the train constantly. Oh, nice. It's one of those things, is it one of those like touristy things that you never think to do in your own place? I don't think so, because all of the Canadian cities are so spread out that you're not going to have a fun time trying to get to the train tracks from anywhere where they stop, and that, and that kind of thing. Like, I guess it's a nice view, and you can have a fancy passenger car train. I feel like it would be a gift that you give, like, your grandma, who can't move or walk around or do anything. Yeah, or uh, as its own activity. Yeah, is just to you... ride the train the whole time. Yeah, I'm just going to take the train for puzzle. three weeks and see some portions of this country that I would never see Yeah, I think under that's, normal circumstances. That's the thing. I take Amtrak, though, because you're talking back about uh, the little crappy cities and stuff. I'll frequently take Amtrak when I go to a major city like uh, Chicago or when I went to San, San Francisco. I did take, like, Amtrak down to um, San Jose, and that's how I ended up in Cleveland as well. Nice. Yeah, I gotta go to, I gotta go to more towns like that. I feel like that'd be a fun way to spend a couple weeks. And, by the way, it is impossible for one really devoted fan to mess with the play counts on Yola Tango. I just checked it on oh. Spotify. Yeah. The most played track has been played 21 million times. Oh, wow. Okay, good, good. So... Well, then, never mind. They're doing okay. Pretty, you'd have to do pretty obsessive. Well, didn't they headline Sled Island a couple years ago? Uh, they did. Yeah. They did headline. Uh, I missed it, sadly. Mm-hmm. They are touring currently because they released a record either last month or the month before. If I were a smarter podcaster, I'd have timed this episode to come out <laughs> <laughs> opposite that, but I'm not. So It's all good. Here we are. But the closest they're coming to Calgary this time around is Seattle or Vancouver. Oh, okay. And I have absolutely burned my travel budget. Yeah. For this year and most of next year. There's one... I don't usually super travel for concerts because I always figure that they're going to come back through and they're going to come back through. But I think Primus and Mastodon are hitting Oregon. You should go see them. And I am very tempted to go to go to the Primus Mastodon concert. You should go see them. Yeah. Or wait 10 years. <laughs>
for when your musical heroes start passing away, but of just like regular old person things. <laughs> and then go, oh, fuck, I should have definitely seen that person while I had the chance. Oh, that's really... And then you'll definitely start traveling to see shows. <laughs> Yeah, your favorites are kind of kind of getting up there. It was David Bowie kind of set you set your oh ass in gear. Yeah, Bowie passed, and then I went. Oh, I got to go see more live music, and then I almost died. And I went. Oh, I have to definitely see all of the live music. <laughs> it's good. to <laughs> Even know. the younger bands, uh, if they're willing to wait, I might not be. It's good to know that that's what it's all about. Then it's time to fly to the UK and see Morrissey. He's never going to come to Calgary. <laughs> He's banned us due to the seal hunt. Oh no. All of Canada? All or? of Canada. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. He would be real pissed off about the stampede. So uh, even if we lifted the seal hunt ban, we would uh, have a hard time. Convincing him to come up here, yeah. To come yeah. to Calgary, be like, give him a white hat, be like, that's leather. <laughs> I was going to go see him in the States, and then one of my friends went, you know he doesn't cancel UK dates last minute. Hmm? Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It would suck for me to be in Los Angeles with a hundred dollars worth of concert tickets for a show that is not happening in my pocket. Oh, good call. So, it's a good thing you know so much about him and everything. I don't know. Maybe you should get into that band I was telling you, that uh, Ott band out of Montreal. Then you can have all of the joy of seeing Morrissey with none of the stress. Oh man, that's true. But I don't know. I'm already kind of married to Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> but I am going to look up Ott when I'm done here. That actually does sound fun. Uh, Otis Ben is playing in town. Very shortly, I'll put them in the show notes. It will be too late for you to see them by the time you hear this. Play, they were played last week. Was it last week? Yeah. All right, well, then I missed it. Ha, ha, ha. No, I uh, walked down to my basement from work. I skipped work because I work from home via remote, and it was the best thing because this is my office, and then I was like, time to go watch a concert, and then I went downstairs, and I was like, I did it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I do like 11-minute distorted shoegazy tracks. Then you're going to like a lot. That's true. <laughs> And I do like quick, very twee piano pop songs with very breathy vocals. But they're both genres that wear on me over time. Yeah. Which is why I think I like these guys as well as I do. Because by alternating the two, I have no opportunity to get tired of either one. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, it sounds like they put in, like, there's a five-minute track... And then 11-minute track and a 10-minute track. And then the rest are pretty, like, 3 minute And those ones are the really twee ones, so... Yeah, they usually are pretty good at keeping the, like, 12 to 14-minute songs. Yeah. To, like, one per album. Oh, that beanbag chair one. That one really just felt, like, super, like, um, college roommates where, like... Okay, the bean... This is the invoking of how the beanbag chair song felt. Is it's, like... You're 19, three people living together in a house have really good music taste, or I guess really wanky jam band music taste, and then the one guy brings over his really basic bitch girlfriend who likes Taylor Swift, and then she's like, I don't like this, I don't like, I don't like this, and then you're like, eh. and then you put on beanbag chair for, to try and appease her. I'll buy that. That's, that was that track, and it was so out of place that I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah, like their attempt at actual radio music. Yeah, there, that it was an attempt at actual radio music. Except that 20 sure. years into your career, I'm imagining you're not <laughs> really attempting radio music. Yeah, just just uh, putting one out there just in case. Like, yeah. Every so often, I just sometimes like to burn $20 on comedy festival submissions being like, I know this is just so the person who made the Facebook page can buy McDonald's, but why not? Yeah, give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. 
you're always in there. Yeah, like by about 15 years in, you're probably pretty committed to, people okay, know. this is my thing, medium-sized halls. Yeah, people know who you are. I wonder what kind of like weird, actually no, music, uh, music promoters and concert promoters and stuff now are actually very young, like 22-year-olds, and they're all like uh, some old venue owner's 20-year-old girlfriend and they got their jobs like doing that. So I would love to have someone think that they discovered Yola Tango. I just discovered a band! I'm sure someone has. <laughs> like, this feels like a band that you could hear for the first time and then do the Annie Lennox thing. What is the Annie Lennox thing? Have you not heard this story? No. This is my favorite thing in the world. This okay. is somebody programming for a radio station fresh out of college yeah. heard Annie Lennox for the first time Yeah. and then wrote to her to say, uh, I think that you have a lot of talent. And if you could put together the two or three tracks that you would consider your best <laughs> and then send them to me, I'm working at a radio station and I could maybe help you get some exposure oh my God. and advance your career a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then Annie Lennox posted the letter to Twitter. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, because like, it is very flattering. Yeah. It's, it's incredibly <laughs> flattering, but even more hilarious because everyone's kind of probably had that moment what is a band that i thought i discovered it was a song it was on 90s week on x92.9 or something and i usually know every 90s song but for some reason i and i even think this was on a big shiny tunes but it was space lord oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly and i was like listening to it and i 100 percent thought it was a fresh cut and I was like, oh, this sounds like fucking what Dave Grohl's doing something. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Especially as Space Lord sounds very dated. <laughs> like, dated to a decade that I'm from. <laughs> so I'm fine with it. I thought that it was like, okay, who's that one band that they're playing? It's like that Led Zeppelin cover band. Um that's not a Led Zeppelin cover, Greta Von Fleet. Oh, yeah. Right? So I heard that, and I thought they were doing a 90s throwback. I thought it was like a new Nine Inch Nails song or something like that. I'll like buy Nine that. Inch Nails, Dave Grohl, they're doing some sort of 90s throwback Space Lord, because I'd never heard that one. And then it was embarrassing because it turned up everywhere for the next, like, four weeks on all compilation albums ever, and I was like, how did I miss that? <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, that does happen to us all. And it could happen, I'm sure it does happen every day for Yola Tango. This record climbed to a princely number 66 on the Billboard albums charts <laughs> upon its release. And by the standards of this band, that is a pretty decent success. <laughs> um, Especially given 2006, people were still buying music with money Yeah. at the time. Their, uh, some of their subsequent releases have charted higher, but I don't know if that should still be counted. They have a small number of fans who show up the first day. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> Whereas other bands have perhaps more fans that don't show up to pay for the music ever. That's a good point. That's a good point. I, did they release any of their stuff on vinyl? I could see someone... Oh, 100%. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I could see someone being like, Hey, if you want to hang on vinyl, we yeah. This right. band is made for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure one. 
I was going to say, speaking of knowing stuff more, does Spotify do this thing where when you pull up the artist, it shows a um, just a quick little bio on their thing? Yeah, quick no? biography and oh, then good. related artists. Yeah, that's uh, good. Uh, Google's kind of got their Wikipedia page. Nice. So when you pull up an artist, you can quickly expand their Wikipedia page and get a quick uh, bio on them. That's really helped me out because I've been just tearing through new music lately as well just because I've been super bored and listening to whatever I listen to because I am that person who makes a bunch of terrible playlists. Nice. Listens to singles repeatedly forever. I mean, like, but I've done that. I think we've all done that. Yeah. Eventually there's a song you can't get out of your head. Yeah. That's what the current music landscape is best for. You can just listen to that one song nonstop for a week and then never think of that artist again. <laughs> that was, I posted that as a Facebook status the other, maybe a couple months ago. And I was like, what are some forgotten one hit wonders from, I believe I wanted to know from 2008 to 2013. Because mm. those are ones that I extra forget. You kind of remember, like everything else before 2008 has started to get into like vintage like oh do you remember TLC well waterfalls yeah. and stuff like that and people collectively remember that but I don't think uh, people are collectively having fun remembering 2008 to 2012 and so that's kind of when you're like oh I remember Young the Giant like my body tells me no and you're like when was the last time you heard that fucking song I think that people are going to start to do that yeah because you can refer to that era as different than today that's true like, now that you can say out loud. Yeah. Uh, what are you listening to? Oh, my playlist of Obama-era one-hit wonders. That it's is, that's pretty it. pretty unjustifiable. That... But <laughs> fucking got bedrock stuck in my head. <laughs> oh, my God. That is 100% what Obama-era one-hit wonders, where everyone was just a little bit more happy, and there was some belief that life was going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, Goche and stuff. Man. He... Could have had another song. He could have had another song. I would have been fine with that. He was, he was, uh, he tried. It had some bongos in it, but it wasn't as, uh... No, he had one song that conquered the entire world. And then he was like, I'm done. All right, well, I hope it bought him a nice house. Yeah, true enough, true enough. He came up with a, I mean, I don't want to say new, but he came up with, hey, how come nobody in alternative rock has aped Peter Gabriel yet? <laughs> <laughs> And oh, no one had. Yeah. And, like, Peter Gabriel puts out a record every eight years or so. So there was definitely room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So who do you think in modern rock, um, or who, who is the most mainstream person who's been listening to Yola Tango since the 80s and was like, this is us now? Who do you think, like, directly was like, this is what we do? I don't know. I mean, there are elements of them. In a bunch of bands, mm -hmm. but having come up at about the same time as Sonic Youth and about the same time as like a mid-period mainstream but not world-beating R.E.M. yet, and the same time as like Camper Van Beethoven, yeah. I feel like all of the bands of that ilk were kind of rolled together as far as influences go. Mm -hmm. If you listened to one at the time, you were listening to probably all of the other ones as well. Yeah, that is really true when you listen to stuff. Like, um, I uh, started again, I just got put on to all the bands that sound like Modest Mouse. Ooh, based nice. on 
There are so many. Based on, um, yeah, the Google Play recommendations and stuff. And then I didn't realize, like, how many people sound exactly like Modest Mouse. And then I was like, oh, Built to Spill and Pavement are just doing that as well. Yeah. So, Except the Pavement were doing it about ten years earlier. Yeah, true enough. God damn, Pavement were good. Yeah. Stephen Malcolm is still tours. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. He, himself? Uh, yeah. Uh, with the Jicks. Ooh, there you go. And he's putting out records that are real good if... You're there already? <laughs> like, he's definitely into the point in his life where he's playing for pavement fans. Ah, I got him self-referential where he's like, you guys remember that thing I did? Like, here yeah. it is again. He's not a, he's not a 23-year-old yeah. <laughs> with fire in his eyes anymore. He's figured out what kind of music that he enjoys making, and he has enough of a fan base that he can play that music for the rest of his life. Ah, if he came to town tomorrow, I would take the day off and see him. <laughs> Makes sense, makes sense. One of the reasons I think this uh, record stands out for me as compared to the rest of what they've done, mm -hmm. the horns are atypical. Yeah, they got some brassiness going yeah. on. Yeah, and they haven't always. Like, that's not a thing that they always do. Which is weird, because when I was hallucinating imaginary stuff about Yola Tango, I thought they were some sort of salsa band, because the name sounds like a salsa band. It does a little bit. And so I was expecting more horns, and then I was like, oh, there's the horns. And so it's funny to know that no one else did, none of the other albums did horns. Yeah, yeah. they have a rich history of not giving you information. Okay. Based on the title. <laughs> because, like, if you think about what a record called I Am Not Afraid of You and I Will Beat Your Ass should sound like. Yeah. It's not going to have horns and plinky plinky pianos. Yeah. It's 11-minute uh, shoegaze jams followed by twee pop. Yeah. What? Then why <laughs> did you call it that? <laughs> yeah. You're not giving me any information. That is a... They definitely don't. And yeah, their track listings and stuff like that is very, very similar to that. Just a... Uh, and this is a thing that happens with wanky jam bands, is they make that determined thing to be like, we're not singing about love. No. We're not going to give you anything about love. We're not going to give you anything about relationships. Which, do you know what? If you need songs about relationships, may I direct your attention to all of, all of the rest of popular <laughs> music? Yeah. Yeah. That's a joke that I have, and I, I can't even say it on stage because it's too niche, but... I, I thought it would be great to, like, one day if I ever have a kid, and my kid's, like, a teenager, and they're kind of heartbroken, and they're just sitting on the step, and they're, oh, and they're like, what's wrong? And it's like, oh, someone broke my heart. A girl broke my heart. I'm real sad. I want to, like, bend down next to them and be like, you know, son, when I was your age, I used to listen to a song that made me feel a lot better in these kind of things. I used to listen to the lyrics, and it would make me mend my broken heart. And then I'd just like to take out a, a ghetto blaster, and I'd just like to hit play, and I just wanted to be... Priest of the Temples of Syrinx by Rush. Just, we're taking care of everything! The walls are okay! It's so insane! Perfect. Or like, Bitor and the Snow Dog. <laughs> I mean, like, look, sometimes girls are Bitor, sometimes you're the Snow Dog. You just need to engage in an epic battle of F until... <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you just have to dig in and then forge a sword. <laughs> you just need to, uh, you just need to drink the, or dine on honeydew. All the way in Xanadu. <laughs> so I believe that Yola Tango would also work for my heartbreak bit. If yeah. anyone's ever sad, just quote Yola Tango lyrics at them you, until they shut up. Because you don't need for every song to be about falling in love. Yeah. I'm the same, I'm, uh, the same way in my writing. 
Yeah. I have a standing policy that it's not a story about romance. Let's not have two people fall in love. You mean that not every character has to pair off by the end of the three-act dinner theater show, like at Schmoople Schmation Pig and Pig and Theater? That's correct. Like, it's not <laughs> necessary. If you want that, do a story about that. Yeah. If every single... But who does the villain get to fuck? <laughs> I, forget, um, I forget who said it. I can't take credit for it. But some comedian that I follow on Twitter yeah. uh, went, the fact that every movie has a romantic subplot is insane. If every movie had country line dancing in the middle, <laughs> it would be the only thing that we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, every movie has a romantic subplot. Oh, man, that's so interesting. And there's other life things. Like, why doesn't every movie have the main character buying a house? That like, sounds that's just great. As much as I'm like, <laughs> just be like, oh, I hope this guy gets a house. And it's just like, the end of the movie, yeah, and he's signing papers. Or the other kinds of love. Yeah. <laughs> like, what about a couple that's been together for 20 years? No. In every movie. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> One of them has to die. That's the rule. Don't get me wrong. Romantic love is like my, f I want to say, fourth favorite kind of love. After parent-child, child-parent, and that thing where a soldier gets home from a tour of duty and then sees his dog for the first time. <laughs> I was, like, really hoping. I was like, I need to let you list these. I'm going to let That's... this airspace hang <laughs> until you define the first three. And I, I, that did not disappoint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did not disappoint at all. <laughs> It's a good kind of love. That is like, a good kind of love. If you ever are in just a foul mood yeah. and need the best pick-me-up, YouTube soldier getting home from a tour of duty and seeing his dog for the first time, because <laughs> that's an entire genre of YouTube, <laughs> and your heart is very warm afterward. Oh, man. I just want to see like some kind of megalomaniac who stages those for money. Oh, Because you know that someone has to have tried to do it? Yeah, yeah. You know that there's real, but you know that there's some narcissist sitting out there being like, okay, I've sold, I've sold everything, I've bought a really nice DSLR, and they're trying to stage situations where dogs reunite, and then dogs just run around smelling stuff, and yeah. fuck you dogs, man. No, you actually need for the person to be gone for like a year. Yeah, exactly. And then the dog just flat out loses his mind. Yeah. Because if you're gone for more than, I'm on to say, three days, your dog thinks you're dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's so true. And then you come back from the grave and they're like, oh, what is going oh. on right now? Yeah. <laughs> so we've reached about the point where we're getting to the end of talking about Yola Tango. Excellent. And talking about Yola Tango exclusively and in a very focused way. Yes. Uh, I'm going to end with three questions because oh, I, yes, I tend to end with three questions. Now that you have listened to I Am Not Afraid of You and I Will Beat Your Ass by Yola Tango multiple times in preparation for this. Will you be listening to this album further going forward? Yeah, actually, I will. I think that that's uh, really good driving music, and I will probably take a couple of the tracks and just put it on a playlist so that I can get out the twee sparkle pop nice. and then just have it for my wanky my wanky jam band playlists. That seems um, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just for any kind of focused working where I need 11 minutes of just... Yeah, well, you're doing something else. <laughs> and uh, will you be exploring Yola Tango's catalog further in the future? I probably will. I don't know if I'll go album by album because they don't have consistency on that one album that I don't feel like it's a story album the way that I like albums. But I would definitely be willing to go down their top five on Google Play just to see 
what other people think are the best Yola Tango songs, knowing that they're so different. Nice. And if you had to, uh, if you had to pick one song to close out the episode on, what would you pick? It was the Hatchet one, which was the first one on the album. Pass the Hatchet, I think I'm good kind. Pass, yeah, exactly. And that one was just really repetitive, but it had a good build. And like any long uh, song that has a good build, it's probably about the seven-minute mark where you get goosebumps because they put so much heavy on. Where yeah. Where you're like, this got so heavy and I didn't even notice. It's almost hypnotic. Yeah, it's got a really, hypnotic. It's got a really the fall yeah velvet underground kind of feel to it yeah and then so yeah it just kind of sneaks up on you and then you could never like restart the song again you could never be like oh time to listen to the beginning of the song you'd be like oh throw up there's only like one guitar riff as opposed to everything happening at once yeah i've been eased into this moment now yeah and i want to live in it for a little while yeah that's a really good way of articulating that all right we're closing on past the hatchet i think i'm good kind this has been the soundtrack to a life i have been chris soundtrack cast on facebook and twitter soundtrackcast.com like us rate us review us share us uh subscribe etc etc it's 2018 i presume that you know what to do with a podcast by this point uh <laughs> do you have anything you want to push uh not particular. oh no i do um is this going to come out before may 2nd it's going to come out on may 1st oh no so there'll oh, be like no. a day okay hey guys tomorrow at uh commonwealth we are doing a storytelling show in the basement it's going to be called Being Extra, and we're taking interesting, intriguing people and just asking them to tell their craziest stories. So we've curated six people, and we're going to be doing a podcast as well. So come check out Being Extra. Hopefully you saw the posters everywhere that I intend on putting up at some point this week that we're recording. Nice. <laughs> and if you are not listening to this the day that it comes out, you have missed that show. And <laughs> let that be a lesson to you about listening to things the day that they... <laughs> come out Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and we'll probably share the podcast once that comes out on our various social media things as will i share this podcast hooray and you guys have a terrific week we will be back on the 15th to talk about a different band because we've already talked about this band <laughs>